2: Our theme is there's no perfect time to start following your dreams. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success for you. It may be the size of your paycheck. Mine's inspiring you to accomplish your goals and live your very best life. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and really, when you think about it, and start living your own. People always talk about their purpose or gift. If you have a gift, lead with your gift and don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. That's the way life is. I always tell people it's about you, not about what other people think of you. My guest is legendary R&B singer Will Downing. He is affectionately dubbed as the Prince of Sophisticated Soul, with a repertoire consisting of signature interpretations of R&B classic like I Go Crazy, Wishing on the Stars, Stop, Look, and Listen, and I Try, with original hits like A Million Ways, After Tonight, Sorry I, Everything I Wanted My Lady, and the show-stopping, chart-topping duet with Rochelle Farrell, Nothing Has Ever Felt Like This. Here's a new release song out. Till we meet again. The song offers a message of hope and understanding that will resonate with anyone who has faced mental health challenges. According to Will Downing, the song was inspired when he lost his daughter to suicide in January of this year. He is on the show to discuss his career and the song "Till We Meet Again" to alert you to mental health issues and suicide. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Will Downing. How are you doing, sir?
3: Brother, that intro was like, you know, <laughs> when I go out, that's the way I want it. I want it just like that.
2: Well, you know, Will, thank you. Thank you. You know, uh, my staff said, Rishon, you really wrote this one up today. I said, well, I said, I, I sat down, you know, when I think about why you wanted to come on the show and then our relationship over the years, the interviews we've had. And, you know, I know you got to have my pieces doing this thing out there. You're on tour. How are you doing right now before we get into our interview?
3: You know what? I'm pretty good, man. For the most part, you know, I have my moments uh, based on everything that you just said, the passing of my daughter in January. So I can't say that everything is perfect. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. during the day, a brother breaks down. You know what I mean? I Mm -hmm. see a picture or a memory or or whatever it is. And it reminds me of, you know, of her. Uh, But, you know, we keep going and you know, we try to spread the good word in spite of and hopefully help other people in, in definition of a song.
2: Well, you know, that's your talent, your gift. My gift is, you know, I, I used to work at IBM, and then I started making people laugh. I was a stand-up comedian, and then I became a writer on sitcoms, and that created a body of work that people can turn on Netflix and see. Did you write that episode? Did you write that episode, Sister, Sister, Jamie Foxx, all these different shows, The Parkers, and you, you have a body of work, and that body of work allows you to see thousands of people be walking in the street, and people just walk up to you. How does that affect you? When people pick out certain songs, they say that how important that music is to
3: them. Well, it's a great feeling, and you know, you feel like you've had a sense of accomplishment. Uh, you know, that's what every artist—the goal is—is is to, you know, to make sure that the, the world reaches that the song reaches the world, and that it affects the world in some sort of a way. So I hear that all the time. Matter of fact, I was out to lunch yesterday with my guitar player, and we were sitting there. And this young lady uh, who was our, you know, waitress. Uh, that That's what I call if They have a specific term. I always say waitress. So I even <laughs> right. said it to her that way. I mm-hmm. said, listen, you know, what do you really want to do in life? She says, well, you know, I want to be a singer. I said, oh, OK. And so the, the guitar player I was with, he said, well, do you know who you're talking to? And then he said my name to her. And she, you know, just like she she lit up a little bit. And I was like, you're a little bit too young for me, <laughs> you know, honestly. like. How do you know who I am? My mother loves you. And then she got her mother on the telephone. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was was interesting, man. So all that to say, it was a great feeling to know that you're still relevant, that, you know, the younger generation still appreciates what you do or they appreciate what you do. And the generation you came up with, they still appreciate what you do. So it's a great feeling.
2: Well, you know, the interesting thing about music how important it really is. You know, let's let's be honest. It, it can lift you up. It can motivate you. It can inspire you. And then your song that you've written based on the death or the suicide of your daughter, is it inspirational, motivational? What is the sense of that particular song?
3: Well, it's supposed to be all of that, but it's almost, when it was written, it was almost like a conversation that I've had with her more times than I can count. Right. So the the first couple of lines on the song is, can you tell me what the hell was on your mind? Right. Because I heard you
2: say that. I went, whoa, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because
3: when I last spoke to you, you you were doing fine. Right. So I've had that conversation with her and my and my all my children, I have three of them, uh, more times than I can count. You know, they do something and it's like, come on, man, really? Like, like what were you thinking? Right. You know, last time I talked to you, you said you weren't gonna do this, or you told me you were gonna do this, or whatever it might be. So it's it's a conversation from a parent to a child, but at the same time, when we've had our conversation of, I've said what I've had to say, and I kind of open up my arms and go, I still love you. Come on, come on, give me a hug. Don't do that again. You know, let's right. think this out or mm-hmm. let's talk this over. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what it is. And unfortunately, it's a conversation that we can no longer have uh, as two individuals but it's still like you know my my spiritual conversation. Like, look, you know, what was going on with you? All right, okay. That moment's passed. I'm letting you know it's okay. You're not alone. Right. Someone's watching over you. I'm right. always here. We can talk. However, we can communicate. But it's okay until we meet again. When I when we meet again, we gonna have this conversation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but until we meet again, know that I love you. Thinking about you. God's got you. He's holding on to you till I get to you. We well, you know the interesting part,
2: and thank you for that um, statement of what it was all about. Because when I said you heard you say it at the top, I went, hmm, that's pretty strong." <laughs> but then, they, but then it got me to the end because I think when I was listening to the song "Till We Meet Again," I'm talking to Will Downing, R&B legend. Uh, you know the whole approach to how you feel. I thought that line was like the one line in the in the song. Not saying the rest of the song that you would like the 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 f- ultimate frustration of why you didn't call me? Why didn't you just exactly. pick up the phone? Why exactly. of all the days, where were you at mentally that right. you thought you couldn't speak to dad? Right. You, know, right. You, you you spoke to dad on so many things that were irrelevant. So many things that was silly. So many things that didn't matter just to you, but I was right. there for you.
3: Right. 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 And here's the day all you had to do is pick up the telephone and we could have talked this through. Because four or five days prior to that, we talked on the telephone, and then five or you know five days prior to that, which was like New Year's Eve, you know, even I left the message on the song. If you listen to the song, I left her voicemail that she left me mm-hmm. on the song. So eleven days later, she was dead. <laughs> so it's like, right. wait a minute, how mm-hmm. did how did we get there? How did we right. get? What happened? Right, like you know, talk. Why didn't you talk to me? Why didn't you say something? Was it? uh what were you going through was it financial was it was it mental was it someone messing with you was it you know like it, it just leads you down a rabbit hole of the amount of questions that you can come up with as to why you did what you did and how did you think that the ultimate solution was to take your own life right like, and i just you
2: know the whole thing about this interview i wanted to make sure that we got to talk will you know because you know your daughter you know, initiated this interview because of the tragic turn she took with her life. Right. But it's really a bigger problem out there, especially in our community, because we're in such denial about, because you mentioned that your daughter, at at the top of the song, the video I saw, it talks about bipolar, depression, and some form of schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. You know, if you could tell our audience what exactly... All those type of symptoms or if you're familiar with it. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I've heard bipolar. I don't know what that means. I've heard depression or some, maybe i maybe even experienced some depression and really didn't know, understand what I was going through. And then you have schizophrenia. Can you talk about those three forms that your daughter dealt with that eventually led to her death?
3: Well, er earlier on in her life, and she was 31 when she passed away, you know, we had noticed certain things. Me and my ex-wife had noticed certain things that she was doing, that, very moody, unbelievably moody, like it mm. would go from, from zero to 100, you know, like, okay, we're we cool, we're cool, we're cool, you say one word, and then another person would come out and was like, all right, okay, well, I attribute that to growing things. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, and my parents would say something to me, and I'd be the same way, like, you know, I hate you, <laughs> you know what I mean, right. not to their, right. Not, not right. To their right. face, obviously, but right. right. in the back mm-hmm. of my mind, like, ah, you don't understand. And so, I'm, you know, we attributed that to growth. And as the years went on, I remember going to my parents and especially my dad and just kind of saying like, eh, you know, I'm seeing some stuff that I ain't really comfortable with. And, you know, my father hit me with, you know, like, hey, when you were that age, you were kind of the same way. And then the years went on. I said it again to him. And he was like, you know what? You need to take her down home. Down home was North Carolina. That's where you know, my parents are from. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let let them run around in the fields and, and, and mm-hmm. get some polygranes in them. And eat and, and, right. and, and, and <laughs> and <laughs> some ice taters or something. I, like, <laughs> I don't know if that's the solution, but right. all right. And then she got older. And then you know he kind of saw some stuff. And was like, all right, now what are you going to do about this? I'm like, what am I going to do? I I told you. I, I said, mm-hmm. I bought this stuff to you seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. You told me let them run around in the field. So, mm-hmm. uh, And so she she got professional help in that regard and found out that the bipolar uh, aspect of it is more of internal uh, imbalance. You know, so there was an imbalance. That could be helped with medicine,
2: correct? The bipolar. Right.
3: And she was diagnosed with medicine. She was diagnosed, uh, she was given medicine, but she hated the way the medicine made her feel. It made her Mm. feel lethargic and tired and made it feel like she wasn't in control of herself. So she would stop taking the medicine. So then she started kind of like self-medicating. You know, she started drinking a little bit. You right. know, I started smoking a little something, something to mm-hmm. make her feel better. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the answer either. Mm-hmm. So that's the bipolar aspect of it. The schizophrenia part, and and, and and that was a very small part of it, was kind of seeing and hearing things that wasn't necessarily true. Right. You know, kind of like, oh, yeah, she's huh. you know. Yeah, this is when she looked at me, and you know, she called me, and, and my, you know, in her mind, it was like, yeah, she she looked at me a particular way. She said a particular thing to her, or something like that, or or she felt a particular way about uh, if someone was trying to help her. It's like you ain't really trying to help me. I, I know what you're up to. I, I know what it is. So it was a, a a lot of that as well, and and you know, some of it was aimed directly at me and her mother as mm-hmm. well. So, you know, we had some some instances that were just kind of like, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. How, how'd we get here? Like, no, that's not the case at all. And and then, you know, you'd have to like talk her down or something like that. Not that it was going to be a, a physical confrontation right. or anything like that. But it was certainly a like, you know, just like you could just physically see how her amped up. It's like, hey, no, that, that wasn't the case. What I meant was. Right. We want to. This is what we like to do. And then it was kind of like, oh, OK. All right. OK. OK. You know, because I right. thought that you were. And so it was right. a, it was a, it was a lot of that as well. So th- those are the two aspects.
2: Now, I yeah. want to talk about because you mentioned depression, because I mm-hmm. want to look at that because I'm in one of those high stress worlds mm-hmm. when I say that, because sometimes um, I think music helps me. I think I I watch TV a lot. You know, I'm always keeping my mind active. So I won't mm-hmm. just stay on a subject that because, you know, entertainment as like, you know, it is one of the most emotionally up and down businesses right. you have. You know, you can right. have a concert, right. there was some soul out, this concert, have filled. You know, you right. can have a hit song in the next five years, maybe not another hit song. Right. And then people right. start questioning you. I'm just talking about myself too. On shows, you get on the show, you think that show gonna be on for a year, they cancel after three months. That's mm-hmm. what happened when I was on Arsenio Hall, sitcom. I thought well, this Arsenio Hall, we're gonna be working for five years. Right. Three months later, they pulled the plug. And right. so right. then also you went from this big high to this major low and right. that's what depression can really trap you. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned that. Can we talk a little bit about that?
3: Well, you know, all the things that you just said um, apply to a lot of people um, in entertainment sports and life in general. You know right. what I mean? It's, there's always like this, this, this picture in your mind that you have. and it
0: may- Hey everybody. Welcome to across generations where the voices of black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host,
1: Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22.
1: It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.
3: It may not necessarily turn out to be that. And mm-hmm. so you start to look at that as being, you know, somewhat of a failure. I think, you know, one of the best answers I heard even recently was from Giannis, you know, uh, one right. of the four— Right. When a reporter asked, "Hey, are you, you know, are, are, are you, uh, are you defining your career by this loss, or, or, or was the year a loss? Was it?" And then he kind of gave this amazing definition of, you know, what success is, or, or what a failure is, or, or what a failure is not. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I, I think we all go through stuff like that.
1: We'll be right back with more money-making conversations masterclass with Roshan McDonald.
3: You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald.
2: Despite being known for loud, bombastic comments and his trademark propensity to debate, a much softer side of Stephen A. Smith is revealed when discussing the inspiration for his success. The final product is for the fans. I'm about the work, the process, the grind, the day in and day out, Mm -hmm. meticulous, tedious work that you have to put in to perfect your craft. And the reason why that resonated with me so profoundly, Rashawn. Because.
1: Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass
2: with Rashawn McDonald. That was my next question. Continue, Will. That was my next question. The social media is, is really an issue now.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, if you don't get X amount of likes, it's, it gives everyone a false sense of everything, like how many friends you have or, or anything like that. So there's no there's there's not as much human contact as there used to be to even find out whether someone is genuine and or not genuine. Everything is just keeping up and you're always reinventing yourself, especially these days. Every freaking week, you got to be somebody new. You got to post something to stay relevant, like let people know you're still alive, you're doing something that's relevant and and it's interesting and this, that Mm -hmm. and the other. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she was caught up in that as well. Yeah, because she she
2: did artwork, right? She had, uh, that was her skill set, right? So I'm sure posting had a lot to do with people reacting with likes and things like that. Tell us about her her skill, her talent.
3: What's well, she this? was a phenom- she was phenomenal at everything she touched. She mm-hmm. was also an aesthetician. so you know but, but when things didn't really like rise to you know, that certain level, it was like, oh, I got to do something new. <laughs> All right so I gotta, I'm doing art now, you know she's always done art. and so she would do that. and you know art is subjective. you know what one person's trash is another person's treasure. Right. So, you know, uh, I always kind of encouraged her in that regard. I was like, I'm not bringing enough money. It's just like, you know, life is, is a balance. You know, do something enjoyable. Enjoy yourself at the same time while making some money. You're going to be okay. But I got to keep up. I got to keep up. I got to keep up. So, you know, that, that played a huge role in it. But, right. you know, a really great artist. Uh, the artwork that we used on the cover of the single is something that she had painted. Uh, she had, and it's a, it's a fairly large piece as well. So I have it hanging in my home. Mm-hmm. And I've distributed some of her other artwork to family members, so they think that they can have her in right. their household and think of her all the time.
2: Right. You know, till we meet again is the song that he's talking about. That unfortunately is tied to the suicide of his daughter. How can we um, gain access to the song? It is, it is released. It is available. Mm-hmm.
3: Where can we go? Uh, if you want to see the video and hear the song, you can always come to my website. Mm-hmm. Go to willdowning dot com. Uh, if you want to support it and you know purchase like the the music or something like that you can come to the prince of dot com and the video is there as well you can go on youtube you can go to iTunes or all, all the, the places that you normally get your music so you can support in that regard.
2: So so you was able to get the URL for the Prince of Sophisticated Soul. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I, I don't think anybody else wanted it <laughs> that's a lot of typing man. I mean sophisticated Prince, I got the Prince, sophisticated. <laughs> they gonna have a problem right there. I'm <laughs> oh, soul, they got gonna, you,
3: but you don't right lose him. It's sophisticated. With a, a F, you know, S O F, sophisticated. F I S T, fist. No, 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 <laughs> it's not fist. No, no. <laughs> you know, you know. As, as, it was something I
2: want to move back in your conversation because, as the black community, I want to stay on that a little bit because that's mm-hmm. really the reason we're here because of the fact that it's about education and motivating because. As you said, our our parents and our grandparents, how they handled these signs, these warning signs of of things like that, is really, really.
3: My computer's on mute. Huh? Mute my computer? What's going on?
2: Oh, that. Oh, don't worry about that. Cool. They were worried about my, my computer was uh, dinging at the same oh, time. Oh, okay. I thought I was. Hey, we did this whole interview mute. Oh, we don't have a problem. Man. I'll, be, I'll be taking some people out of this room. We, we gonna do some old school flogging around here. <laughs> no, they were just talking about my computer was uh, dinging in the background. Oh. They, only you, they heard you and I. We in that conversation. We didn't no, hear nothing. I don't hear anything. You know, but uh, but uh, I, I want to talk about as we talk about our parents, because mm-hmm. I come from Fifth Texas, six sisters, two brothers. And I remember our parents, you know, we born, in, I was born in Houston, Texas, but they from Shreveport, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So we go back into the country, outhouses and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. as, as I said, you know, we didn't even want to acknowledge the gay community right. and the black community. Okay. right? Because we didn't know what that was. The uncle, right. uncle was like this and like that. The uncle dressed that way. But we just, right. just hushed it right up. And right. then you come back to this major turn of events, the mental structure of the black community, because we're always getting beat up. A lot of people need to understand about the black community, racism, so we can't ever show weakness. We're always the last hired, the first fired. So a lot of those things will come into play when we're willing to say, show vulnerability and to say that you are mentally, quote unquote, unstable, that gets you out the door real fast. do right. you think that plays a role as well?
3: Well, definitely. I mean, as you just said, it's something that we, as a community, do not talk about openly. You know, there's a, there's a sense of shame attached to it. Um, and, and you pretty much hit like the, the, the top two. Uh, you know, the, the sexuality mm-hmm. is one thing. And, you know, mental illness is sort of like we have this this picture in our mind that, you know, people will think that you're crazy because you talk to someone about what's going on with you internally in your mind or how you feel a particular way. Uh, especially these days when we're in a very uncaring society, you know, we hold everything in. And then when you do burst, it's like, you know, how do we get it? It's like, well, this person never had the, the the pleasure of talking with someone and releasing it and getting a different perspective on what's going on in your life. You're not being judged. This person is to, there for you to listen to um, or, or to, to listen to you. And to maybe kind of give you like a different perspective right. as to how they see it. So, you know, a lot of times we sort of look at that. We have this vision in our mind of a couch and, you know, you're sitting there. And someone's in this white jacket and they're writing down all of this stuff, you know, <laughs> and then they hand you a bill and give you a couple of pills and kick you out the door. You say, you know, we ain't going to talk about this, right? You're going to tell nobody I was here. Right. So, <laughs> you right. know, that, that, that's the picture that I have in my mind and to those who I've spoken to about this sort of thing. That's the vision that they have as well. And, you know, we're very apprehensive about talking about it. So, you know, we we have to do better as a society. We definitely have to do better. Well, you know, Black
2: people, prostate cancer, don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? And we tell us that's what we need to do. You know, mental health, mental care, don't want to do that. We don't acknowledge our sexuality within our community. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, and I'm not pointing no finger, but guess what? We live in a racist country, ladies and gentlemen a country that enslaved us, don't want to acknowledge the fact that they did enslave us. The In fact, they want to take that out of books. They right. want to take all that out of books. They just want to go, we freed y'all, and just skip everything else.
3: Well, and either so- that or, or the fact that it happened so long ago.
2: We still talk right. about this, that happened <laughs> right. so long ago, like, what? <laughs> yeah, if we, if, we, if we don't talk about it, and then you, it would happen again. Like you said, it's hard yeah. to repeat history when you can see it happening again. Right, and then you can right. stop it, okay? But if you don't know your history, then all of a sudden you can be stunned and say, I didn't see that coming. And so, right. when I when I think about your career, and I think about the longevity as we as we wrap up this interview, Will, thank you again for coming on my show. No, man, thanks for having me. You know, it's really interesting. I remember I started doing stand-up, I left my job at 86 to do stand-up comedy, and you know, I didn't see the future. You know, you just out there performing, you know. And, mm-hmm. In 92, I did Deaf Comedy Jam, and I started writing those sitcoms and it's that longevity conversation I'm having with you. It's like, it's like you, you, you look at your success and and that's where the word fear comes in fear of can I keep it going? Fear of as, as, as we wrap this interview up and talk about your success, how you've overcome fear, how you overcome doubt because when we're young, there's no fear. We just right. out there. But right. as you have success, sometimes success can work against you. Right. Because right. it can can I do it again? Right. Will I be able to do it again? Will I be able to sell out this show? Or will people know who I am next year or five years from now? Right. How, mentally, as an artist, can you talk to my audience, or talk to my fans about that?
3: Well, I, I always say when I hear stuff like that, you know, chasing success is has killed the best of who we've had. Uh, musically, you know, so when you look at your Michael Jackson's, when you look at uh, Prince, when you look at your Whitney Houston's, people like that, you know, they all passed away chasing success, in my opinion, you know, Michael bleached his skin, Mm -hmm. changed, physically changed his features, um, would stay up constantly just to kind of keep up, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So it was kind of like, okay, I've been to the mountaintop, I know what it looks like, Mm-hmm. and someone else is coming up but they're not as good as I am so mm-hmm. you know well, what do I have to do to keep up well okay stay up okay well I'm tired okay well I need to get some rest all right and then he started taking the profile, which gave him the, the the best rest he ever had and you know the doctor dropped the ball or forgot right. to wake him up or gave him too much or whatever mm-hmm. however that went down but mm-hmm. it was all chasing success Whitney Houston same way you know I'm up 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 oh this girl can't sing better right. than me what do I have to do I gotta and then started doing whatever she was doing. Prince, you know, was was, was physically hurt, you know, with his hip. It was like, right. Oh man, you know, you you hurt. Like, I mean, you know, but I can keep going. I can keep going and and you know, then you know, his unfortunate demise. So I think that what people have to realize and, and it, it hit me on top of the head as well when I got sick and and started realizing when I had all that time off to myself, that this is just one aspect of who we are as entertainers or you know, who I am. You know, and being an entertainment is just a small aspect of that. So you have to live your life, have a balanced life. Uh, there's nothing more important than it, to be honest with you. Success is just one thing. And if you gain a whole lot of it, where are you going to go? After a while, you know, if you can't go out and be seen in society, what's the point of being successful? <laughs> if you can't enjoy what uh, with your friends and, and you can't go out, you can't go to the mall, can't go to the movies, can't go, can't do anything. You right. know, if you're just going to do it with people that are like you, you know, they don't even know you. So, you know, just be careful. Just have a balanced life. And, and, and what's for you, what's meant for you, you'll get. Till we meet again. That's the song. Till we meet again. Till we meet again. You know,
2: so that's still, still apropos, you know, because we're going to meet again. And we're going to talk. We're going to smile. We're going to share stories about, because I have a daughter. She's 26. So this that's is a exactly. very personal conversation. And just to share you our thought, when she calls, I, 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 I stopped talking to everybody to talk there to her. There you go because I don't go. know. And so when it happened to your daughter, it magnified my attention mm-hmm. to her. That mm-hmm. I, I, you know, she called me at 10 and I apologized that I didn't see the call, you know, because she called me for a reason, whether it's to say right. she loves me or just to share a, a personal story. Cause again, she's out there by herself. She's out right. there working mm-hmm. remote and all these, this, this, life has changed so much how people live, you know, they don't have to go into work. They'll have right. to interact. That gives them more time to think, more time right. to go online. Like you said, the internet, the social media. But as we close, till we meet again, how can my fan base uh, uh, participate, be a part, and support you uh, in getting this song,
3: this single? Once again, come out to my website, go to willdowning.com. Go to ThePrinceofSophisticatedSoul.com. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love you, brother. I love you. And, and then you go to WillDowling.com. they will tell you where I'm performing <laughs> as well. I and mean, come on out and come see the show as well. So all of that. All and right.
2: always, always make sure you. you always send banners to me because the one thing about my life, man, is, as I always said, once you get past 50, you're on the downside of your life. Right. I want to support people like you and uh, individuals who have supported me unbeknownst, your music has uplifted me. Your music has got me through my down days. Your music has inspired me, made me feel good when I felt down. So it's it's artists like you, man, play such a major role in the Black community by getting us through our tough times. Thank you, Will Downey, for coming on Monday Conversation Masterclass. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, sir. We'll talk soon.